Hello, everybody. Today is September 14, 2023. I'm here with Carolyn Chapelain. She's one of my former students at Wharton. And by way of background, Carolyn is a graduate of the University of Colorado. Then she served in the United States Army for four and a half years. Thereafter, she was in corporate America. And then she went to Wharton, which is where I met her. Carolyn, welcome. Thanks, Bob. It's great to be here. So what made you become an entrepreneur? How did you evolve that you bought a business? And what's the name of the business that you own now? So I own North Star Photonics, and uh, I attribute it in large part to taking uh, Bob Chalfin's class, in fact. <laughs> well, thank you. But how did you find this business? Yeah, so um, I really did. Um, I think I took your class at, at Wharton back in um, 2021, and that was sort of the uh, the kick in the butt I needed and the inspiration I needed to kind of chase acquiring a business as opposed to looking at the startup world, which I thought was it, but it wasn't. And so when I learned in your class some of the tools of, of how you search for a business, what you ask, what you do, that's when I kind of started my journey. I obviously read your book, A Practical Guide to Buying Business, shameless plug. Uh, and that gave me kind of a lot of the, here's like the nuts and bolts, now go forth and conquer. And so then over the next six to eight months, I started what, what the community calls a self-funded search, meaning I was still doing my day job, but I was actively looking for a business. And you know, I found a couple through Biz Buy Sell and and through some word of mouth and walked a few, but they weren't they weren't what you, I was looking for. When you talk about Biz Buy Sell, you mean the mm -hmm. business websites that? List That's right. Yeah, an online forum where it's kind of like Zillow for businesses. Mm -hmm. All right. So how'd you come across this business? And you had a background in the military, or. And I guess you use that because that's where your area of expertise and those are the yeah. businesses you were looking for. Yeah, that's right. So uh, four and a half years in the Army, and then I ended up in corporate America working for some of the big defense prime companies like Northrop Grumman and L3 Harris. So I knew I had a leg up on the acquisition community for looking for some type of business that worked with defense or government contracts, which is a very unique space. So I was looking actively for a business like that. And I actually, one of the strategies that I learned from you, which was tell everyone you know that you're doing this because you never know who's going to have a business or learn about a business that's available. And sure enough, one of my classmates at the time said, hey, I actually know there's a portion of my business that needs to be carved out. It's it's defense focused and the bigger part of our company is biomedical. Why don't you come over and carve it out with the technical expert there? And uh, like every good business deal, it fell apart uh, before it really got going. And so uh, I think it was the spring of 22. We started, we stopped. And then it came back in the fall with a vengeance that we were ready to carve this company out. The parent company wanted to get rid of it hot and in a hurry. And so we started going through a very fast due diligence LOI process to eventually close at the end of September of 22. And so you close. And, and so what's happened since you bought the business? Whew, uh, about 10 years of life crammed into one year is what it felt like. So we um, closed on the business and had a really great customer contract in place. But because we were moving, we bought this from a parent company, we needed to physically move the, the site. So within two months, we found a new facility in San Jose, um, 30,000 square feet, a very unique space, not just um, office space, but also specialized clean room space so we could develop our products. So we moved everything. That cost a ton of money. And now, let then, me just take a step back. You sure. live in Utah. I and live the in business Utah. is an airplane flight away in San Jose. 
That's right. Another unique twist to my situation. So I am flying out to this business. Um, in fact, I'll be there in about four days. I fly out every couple of weeks. Um, my partner is the COO. So he's doing a lot of boots on the ground work while I'm back here working with customers and vendors and finance issues, et cetera, et cetera. So there is that complexity added on top of it. So we moved this business, cost a ton of money. And then when we got to our new facility, because we have such specialized um components that we build for the government, there has to be certain quality standards. And so it took us months to get the manufacturing line stood back up and approved for use. So all that time, we're not making any money. And so we ran out of cash so fast uh, and it hurt and uh, was was the lowest point for me, um, which I love, you know, digging at that little scratch if we need to. But what I ended up doing was um, pursuing an SBA loan at that time, which is sort of flipped from how a lot of people do this in the industry. Usually you grab an SBA loan when you're buying the business. For me, it was an advantage that I did not, because what it meant is when I called the bank and said, as, as straight faced as I could, hey, we need a little bit of money. Um, he asked a very important question. He said, do you have any assets? And I hadn't considered this previously. I said, you know, we got over a million dollars of specialized equipment. What do you care? He said, well, that's good collateral. I can give you about 80% the value of that. And so sure enough, through a lot of pain and paperwork, um, ended up closing about a $650,000 SBA loan, which gave the company the life it needed to get back on its feet. How long did it take you from the time of the initial call from the bank until your loan was funded? About two and a half, three months, which is maybe typical, but I was very aggressive. I called that banker every day to make sure that no paperwork was missed and that that money could come as quick as possible. All right. So that was your lifeline. Yep. You yep. got the money. Got the money. Um, now, and then what's happened since then? Yeah. So then we actually started to be able to make product again, uh, which was exciting for the team had just been standing around. So they were excited to get back in the clean room, start working, start producing parts. And that led us to, okay, we're doing the contracts we have now. We can kind of start focusing more into the future. How do we find new customers and how do we develop the products we have now to kind of grow our footprint in this market? And so we've been working on that. We've done half of our business, I would say, is the production work um, that's done in the clean room. And the other half is the R&D or research and development work we do for the government. So we get put on something called an SBIR contract where the government has, they, they help fund some of the research needed to actually productize some of this stuff for the industry. And SBIR stands for? Oh, Bob, don't put me on the spot. Okay, small business something. <laughs> yeah, something, something. Money from the government is what it stands for. Okay. And so now what's happened since then as a result of all this? Yeah. So um, it felt good there for about four or five months. And then the cash started to run out just because, you know, we're, we're working in San Jose. So some of the most expensive real estate, highest wages, most ridiculous utility rates you could imagine. So working capital went quick. Uh, and so it was sort of looking like actually that October was going to be a second level extinction event for us where we'd run out of cash again and, and I can't get another loan. And that was sort of the kick in the butt I needed to have a serious conversation with our existing customer base that if they need our product, they kind of have to change the, the pace of the contracts they were giving us. And they heard us loud and clear. Fortunately, in this space, customers are more partnerships than they are, you know, a arm's length agreement. So it's not a one and done sort of deal. It's a long term right. relationship. Yeah. And incidentally, SBIR stands for Small Business Innovation Research Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, How did you contact the customers and let them know that 
the money has to come in, uh, has to start flowing. Yeah, the it was kind of different for each customer. One of them knew, kind of our main customer knew that this call for for um, cash was going to be coming. They knew we needed um, some facility upgrades, and so they were kind of waiting for the call to come. And that was an easy conversation. Um, and then another customer. Uh, they're doing what's very typical in the government world. They'll hold money as long as they can because they can always disperse it to another program um, until somebody waves the flag. And so that conversation was, hey, if you're going to want these parts, you've been stringing us along for three and a half years. Uh, we need some type of, of development contract or we need to move up the production date for years. And most big customers, they understand that request and, and can usually make sure the funding is there. Now, do you feel like you're going to have another uh, sort of event like this coming up, or you think that the business is okay from a cash flow point of view going into the future? <laughs> yeah, uh, mixed thoughts on that. I think right now my lens is small business ownership is just a constant running out of cash and just seeing if you can outpace it. Um, but in reality, this is the most confident I've felt about the business in a long time because I can see our runway, I can see the cash flow, and I can see the the word getting out in the industry that we really are a trustworthy company. We, we develop and produce high quality parts and we're just good people to work with and already having a reputation like that uh, preceding us is helping uh, know that the more customers will come as if we just keep delivering like we have been. Okay. So you wanted to find a business. You spoke to everybody you knew, including another member of the class who told you that his business was divesting one of their um, units and you decided to buy it. Looking back now, would you do anything differently with the acquisition? I've I've asked myself that a lot. Go looking backwards. No, there's nothing I could have done differently. We had to go so fast um, that there. You know, I took as many steps that I could correctly with the knowledge I had at the time. Now going forward, I will buy many more businesses because this is just the most fun career I could have ever stumbled upon. So going forward, there's there's a lot I will do differently. Um, I. I now, you know, there's lots of these rules that I think you gave us and a lot of the ETA community gives you about the type of business you're looking for, like recurring revenue and a lack of customer concentration, all those things. And you kind of understand it when you're told it, but you really, once you've lived it, you you get it. And so there's a lot of things that I'll look for in the next business um, to have confidence that I'm buying a good thing. Um, and, and then, you know, being a lot more cash conscious, conscious about how quickly that money can run out from all the things that you didn't know could happen. Right now, was the process of getting an SBA loan, were you comfortable with that? Would you change anything about that? Would you started that immediately mm -hmm. after you bought the business? What would you do differently on that? Yeah, a few thoughts. I, I think it's always best to go get money when you don't need money. So I'd certainly start that process sooner now. Um, the other thing is... Bob, I'm kicking myself because I remember you gave us this advice and I just didn't have the time to exercise it. I would talk to more lenders um, and almost have them competing for wanting to give me money because they all, the SBA loan is a generic term, but every bank is different in how they treat that. And so I would approach multiple banks to kind of see who's going to give me the right deal that makes sense for our business. So I would approach more lenders. Um and then the rest of it, once you're in the process, the paperwork is the paperwork, the truth about your your capital and, and everything that's going on in the business is the truth. So everything, once you've found the right fit, the right lender, then it's just, you know, crunch through it and stay on the phone as frequently as you can. How many lenders did you have to contact until you got uh, someone to agree? Because I, just for the mm -hmm. listeners, 
the SBA merely guaranteed, not merely, they guarantee the loan that a bank gives you. The bank is the lender and the SBA guarantees 70 or 80% of the loan. So how did you find the individual bank that was lending you the money? Yeah, I, I, it took a, quite a few phone calls, probably 10, but it feels like a lot when you're kind of banging down everybody's door asking for money. And it was, I was looking at all the California banks because that's where our business was. But then I took a page out of your book and actually just went to a local bank here in Utah, um, called up the guy. He said he's an SBA expert for 15 years. So I figured he, if he knows, you know, if anyone's going to know how to do this with our unique situation, it's him. And sure enough, um, I don't know if the Utah connection was the thing that helped, but that was the bank that said yes. So knowing that now, I think I will often start local when I can go and like shake hands and meet the people and know that I can drive to that bank and, and do those sorts of things. Now, did it help that you were a veteran, that you are a veteran? Uh, yeah, I, I am a veteran. And I, I think I probably mentioned it to him. Um there seems to always be some level of respect or at least some level of understanding that if you are a veteran, you you probably have some um, history of, of trustworthiness that that can be relied upon. Um, so that was probably one small thing in, in hopefully a host of things I gave him of reasons to trust me and the company. Did you learn anything from the banker that you will do next time when you apply for a loan? Exploring this lending conversation early, um, the SBA is one route of many ways to get loans and collateralizing the assets is one way of many to make sure you can get it the most value. So just having that open conversation with the bank and treating them like a partner actually of, you know, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Can your bank help me along the journey? Um, and if they can't, it's it's nothing personal and maybe they can for another deal. But having that conversation often with with multiple banks, I think is advantageous. Now, I've noticed I've had success in the past that if one bank is unwilling to lend you money, you ask them, do you know of another bank? And they've referred me to other banks who may be more interested or have the ability to lend. And that's been a source of funding for business. Yeah, great well. tip. Great tip. Always ask for at least the next lead. Mm -hmm. Now, is there anything else that you want to share with anybody about this? Because what you're doing is I, I'm very impressed with what you've done. I, I, new for you. It was not a question of if you're going to do well, it's just when you're going to do well. But what, anything else that you want to share with anybody? Yeah, for anyone pursuing um, this acquisition um, for the first time in their career, it, I, I think it really is worth doing it. Uh, it's hard. You're going to be in the fetal position. You're going to have the, the toughest days of your life. But it's pretty satisfying to be able to look back and know that either at least I tried. And if you failed, you probably learned a ton or you make it one year and, and you get to at least celebrate that small win. So I'd say if there's an interest, do it. Um, certainly reach out to me or other other people who've purchased in the past. It's a pretty open community. We're definitely willing to share our lessons learned or, or kind of kick around a business idea with you. Well, that's a, another thing that's important is that some of the best sources of information are other entrepreneurs. And you also hit on the point that all too often, some of our darkest hours are followed by some of our brightest days. Now, can you just give us the name of your business just clearly and maybe your website, just so people are interested, they could contact you? Sure. Northstarphotonics.com. And that's photonics, P-H-O-T-O-N-I-C-S. Uh, we make navigation components for the defense industry. And this helps a lot of your large platforms like bombers and stealth fighters uh, navigate in GPS denied areas. Wow. So... That's all that I have. I really appreciate your time. And it's always great to catch up with you, Carolyn. So thank you. And I just wish you continued success. And 
I know we're going to be hearing a lot more great things about you. So thanks, Bob. Real treasure to be here with you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Bob Chalfin. The second edition of my book, A Practical Guide to Buying a Business, is now available. The book provides a comprehensive overview of the acquisition process from locating a business to the final contract, along with some post-closing suggestions. The information is presented sequentially with strategies and tips, along with sample forms, checklists, and agreements. The book is invaluable to anyone interested in buying or selling a business, as well as their advisors, consultants, attorneys, and CPAs. It includes advice and information useful for entrepreneurs seeking to build their businesses and prepare for the eventual sale. It helps buyers and sellers understand the process, know what to look for, avoid common pitfalls, and consummate a deal that will benefit all parties. This book, along with my book, A Practical Guide to Selling a Business, can be purchased on Amazon. All proceeds received from the sale of my books are donated to nonprofit organizations.